The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers beat the Canadians 6-2 straight downstairs. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. We give up two. Tonight we only needed three, but um, you know, nice rewards for three defensemen. Great for them to get involved in uh, in the offense, to shoot it in the in the net and feel confident now going into a day off. Uh, Connor, Leon, Drake, real good night there. They shared the puck well, and, and Leon probably could have won the scoring race tonight alone had he uh, found a way to finish on some of his opportunities. But um, you know, overall, I'm happy we scored six. I'm really happy we only gave up two. On a performance like this, when you, you're able to put kind of everything together and, and play a good game and have a lot of energy, I guess, so what does it do for, I guess, the, the makeup of the team, knowing that they this is a, this is achievable, they can play this way, it's just a matter of stringing games like this together? Uh, well, we we went after our team pretty pretty good and held them accountable um, on today's Tuesday, Monday, and um, it was a good response game. It shows me that they're uh, they're attentive, they're playing, their their intent is strong and direct and good. Uh, that they care about each other, and um, that's a good sign. Uh, taking that lesson and playing tonight's game is great. It's the lesson has to to arrive earlier, so that the four-game losing streak is only a two-game losing streak or a three-game. Uh, but we're still a team in evolution, and and we're learning lessons as we go. But uh, we're stop it at four instead of five so that's that's positive good night all right some comments there from oilers head coach todd mcclellan live on 6 30 chad 6-2 the oilers roll past the canadians tonight todd's remarks for gcl diesel genuine diesel parts at great prices gcldiesel.com it's 9:57. along with rob brown i'm reed wilkins we're live in studio 99 oilers hockey presented by osmond auction it's canadian and brew house overtime open line three points each tonight for mcdavid and dry rob the oilers get three goals from defensemen they only had three total coming into this game so they match that this evening they outshoot the Canadians 43-29 they win 59% of the faceoffs, and they're able to pull away in the third period to snap that four game skid well they were just by far the better team tonight uh, I think they got off to a good start in the game I, I don't think the Montreal Canadiens had anyone on the back end that was able to compete with McDavid when McDavid's line was out there that set the tone for the night and then the, the rest of the players played to their strengths we talked upstairs Bob and I about the fact the fourth line they're bigger and stronger the Montreal Canadiens are a small fast team they don't have a lot of size so the Cassian Kara Brodziak line used their size to their advantage they got the, the cycle going and whenever the Oilers got the cycle going tonight the Montreal Canadiens had to sink their wingers down to help because they were getting beat on the cycle and then the Oilers would kick it back to the defenseman so one of the reasons the Oilers defense and were able to score tonight they were wide open for most of the evening 
Benning got his first of the season early shot off the backboards, hits Niemi and goes in. Chris Russell able to score his first in uh, 43 games, hadn't scored since February. And then Darnell Nurse, his second of the year in the uh, final two minutes. McDavid and Dreisaitl both got assists on that one. So the, the lines were shuffled up for this game. McDavid and Dreisaitl back together for the entire game. We'd seen them late in games at times this season. And then in the third period, they had to make another change. Uh, Toby Reeder didn't uh, didn't finish the game. And so the, for the third period, they played with 11 forwards. Well, they had the luxury of being able to use all 11 forwards in the period because they had the lead and then they built on it. Uh, certain players got a little extra ice time. We saw a little different looks out there. At one point, we saw Nugent Hopkins playing with Strom and Lucic. They scored a goal on a nice play by Strom setting up uh, Nugent Hopkins. Uh, it was just a perfect team effort that they needed. Uh, they got good goaltending. It was solid. They out, their goaltender outplayed Niemi. Niemi made some big saves, but he also let in some absolute uh, weak ones tonight. Uh, this was a, a good confidence builder going into a very tough weekend. It's going to be Saturday, Sunday are going to be fun. They're going against the Flames. They're going against the against Vegas. Big division games. Finally, we get to see divisional opponents, and these are four-point games. These are the teams that you have to be ahead of as we go into March and April, so you have a playoff spot in your division. Toby Reeder left the game with an upper body injury, so he'll be reevaluated tomorrow. And, of course, the Oilers don't play again until Saturday. 6-2 win tonight. That means you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Three locations in Edmonton, Japanese Village, downtown, south side, and north side. 6-2 over Montreal. So the Oilers get to 9-8-1 on the season. When you when you look at McDavid and Drysaitel together, and obviously, I mean, Drysaitel could have had five goals tonight. He hits the post three times. He's, he's robbed a couple of times. So those lines were generating tons of chances. Do you think that now they got to ride this for a while? Uh, you know, obviously the Canadians not as deep as uh, some other teams. The Oilers are going to face. How do you think they approach it moving on here? And obviously, I guess Reader's health uh, and health of other players could affect this. Well, you keep them together for the next game. Uh, the way they played tonight, they were dominant. Uh, they they both had extra bounce in their step. As you said, Drysaddle could have had four or five goals easily in the game tonight, and he still had three points. So, yeah, you go with that line going forward, and then you wait to see what happens with Reader to decide how your, your, your second, third lines are going to look. But I, I, I think that you found success, and until that starts to slow or until you see the need somewhere else, you go with it. So McDavid and Drysaddle enjoy playing with each other. They have success when they're together. They haven't had success anywhere else in the lineup for the last four or five games, so let's go with it for a little while. We will hear from Claude Julien, the head coach of the Canadians, as we move along tonight on overtime open line, but uh, Dan Robertson, who's their radio play-by-play voice, says in his post-game, Julien twice called it the worst game of the year for the Canadians, said they couldn't string two passes together, said the best thing they can do is to take their frustrations to Calgary and pay, play better versus the Flames. I believe that. It was not a good game for the Montreal Canadiens tonight. Uh, I, I think part was on the Canadians, but you got to give credit to the Oilers. The Oilers came out and played a complete game they, they needed to get a lead because they have been falling behind too much early. They got the lead they wanted. When Montreal responded, they came right back again. They, they created chance after chance after chance. And what you like about the Oilers, they did it from line one through line four. All, three, all six defensemen, all three pairings, very good tonight. You know, when your third pairing on the night is plus three, 
and plus two. If plus five combine your third pairing, you know you're in for a good night. So uh, the Oilers have had a, a rough patch. All teams go through it. It's how you respond to it. Tonight was a good response. Now they've got to continue it. Kevin Gravel picked up an assist tonight, his first as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. 6-2, they went over Montreal. Miko Koskinen is now 4-1. and one. As an Edmonton Oiler, I, I thought solid tonight. Wasn't as busy, but he made some uh, big saves when he needed. I, I thought, and I know you referenced Chase on did a good job on the back check, but that shorthanded breakaway, it's 3-2 when he makes that save. Montreal scores shorthanded. It's 3-3. Who knows what kind of boost th- th- that gives them. He's looked very solid. I mean, you wouldn't even think that's the same goaltender. You saw the, the from his first couple appearances in the preseason. I, I know from talking to a couple people leading into this season, they said Koskinen is you know, good with his feet, good with his legs. Obviously, when he's down in the butterfly, he covers a lot of the lower part of the net. One of his weaknesses was maybe catching pucks and grabbing pucks, but I actually thought he looked really comfortable on that tonight. He was out there with the with the trapper snaring of pucks coming in, getting whistles. So I think he's worked pretty hard in practice, and so far it's paying off. Well, the one thing that we saw in the, a couple of the exhibition games, the pucks were bouncing off him. They weren't sticking to him. Uh, he was giving up a lot of rebounds, and when you give up a rebound, and your defenseman doesn't know where the rebound goes. So he's trying to fight with a guy, and he can't see the puck, and teams are getting second, third, and fourth chances against him because of uh, lack of rebound control. That's not an issue anymore. He's doing a good job absorbing all the pucks that come in. The one thing that I liked about him tonight when it was, it was a little thing, but when Domi scored, you see him afterwards shaking and say, yeah, okay, you got me. That was a good shot. Yeah, I understand. I'll be better next time. But he, he made the saves when he had to make. He wasn't tested nearly as much. And what he does every time he goes in now is he guarantees himself another start soon. Now, he probably was going to start one of the two games this weekend, but now you get your choice which one you want to start him in because he uh, he's playing well enough that when he's in net, you feel, and obviously his record shows it, you feel you're going to win hockey games because he's given them quality starts. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 6-2 Edmonton wins over Montreal. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We will welcome one of our regular callers to the program. It is Tony checking in. Hey, Tony, how are you doing tonight? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, great game by the boys. Uh, nice to see that uh, the defense was uh, doing a lot tonight. Um, I have two questions. First one is, um, he's been in a slump for 60-plus games, like two goals in 63 games. Do you think that if Milan Lucic were to stand a little bit more in front of the net and not get out of the way when the puck kind of come towards him and, and instead of moving to stay there, do you think he get more because of a, t- of a tip-in? Uh, maybe it goes off his leg or something like that. And the second one is, um, I've been noticing this a lot with Clefbaum and honestly, he's probably one of our best um, defensemen on the, on the first game of power play. But would you maybe tell him to maybe shoot the puck more? Because I saw again tonight where he had two or three great opportunities just to rip it and he didn't. He was just he was too worried about passing it. I just don't understand why he keeps doing that when he has a great okay. slap guy. Okay, thanks, Tony. Okay, the, the, the first one, Milan Lucic, yes. I, I, we've talked about it a lot this year. I, I, Milan Lucic is a big, big man, and when he's in front of the eyes of the goaltender, they can't see. 
And one of the reasons I believe, I'm not privy to it, but one of the reasons I believe that he's been moved off the first unit and Raddy's been there is because Raddy just has been doing a better job of getting in front of the goalie's eyes. Best place to stand in front of the net when you're there is right in front of the goalie. That's where the puck's coming. A, you'll take away the goalie. He won't be able to see the puck coming in, which will either allow a puck to get by him, it'll be a rebound, and there's a chances of you being hit with the puck or tip, the puck tipping. When you're on the side of the goaltender, from the middle of, middle of the net over, you can't reach. If you're in the middle, you can reach any puck that's coming in. So yes, I think that would be beneficial if he's right in front of the goaltender. As for Clefbaum, why does he pass so much? Well, his options are Connor McDavid or Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think he feels that those two would be pretty good with the puck in their hand. And teams are taking away his shooting lane. You don't want him throwing the puck on net if there's someone in his lane. He moves it to the outside. They move it around and try to find a better shooting angle, one where the lane is open. Obviously, they'd like him to shoot more, but he's not going to shoot just for the sake of shooting. There has to be a good lane for him to do it. The Oilers win 6-2. Just uh, a quick update on some other news going on tonight. Calgary having this vote, a plebiscite, on uh, hosting the Olympics, and it is 56% no for that. No, this is a non-binding plebiscite, but obviously uh, it is uh, in favor of not going ahead with a bid for the 2026 Olympics. So obviously we'll be uh, following this story in our newsroom and I'm sure on our uh, talk shows tomorrow on 6.30 Chet. Let's go down to the Montreal dressing room for BDO. First call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Here's their head coach, Claude Julien. What was it, the speed tonight? It was a call to no-show on our part. Uh, we're a fast skating team, so it's not the speed, but they look pretty fast when you give them the room that the, we gave them tonight. We didn't show up, and uh, it was a tough night, uh, by far, worst game of the year. So uh, you got to kind of hopefully, hopefully write it off and move on and uh, focus on the next game. Do you feel for Niami after time? Well, he gave us a chance after uh, two periods. We were only down by a goal. And uh, that was the positive part of uh, tonight, that we still had a chance going into the third. But uh, again, we weren't able to, to find our game, and uh, they scored more goals. How much of a concern is a power play right now? Right now, I, I don't know that it's just a power play. Right now, we need to be better all around. One of the players said uh, part of the problem was that you weren't able to grind down the opposition like you do when you're playing well. Did you see that as part of it? Well, again, you know, guys, everything is exposed. Everything they're saying is right. And that's what happens when, you you, you know, you just can't find your game. And tonight we couldn't put two passes together. Uh, we were chasing the puck all night long, and, uh, and uh, that gets tiring. And uh, they were moving the puck well. They had their speed going through the neutral zone, which uh, we should have had. Uh, contained, but uh, couldn't do it tonight. They got three goals from the defense tonight, Claude. Your defense hasn't scored much. Is that something you can think concerned neither about? Is, neither had theirs before tonight. I think they had two goals from the back end. So, you know, again, you know, I understand. You lose a game, we're going to nitpick at every area power play. D's not scoring uh, the speed against us. We had a tough night, and I think the best way to deal with it is that hopefully we can bank that uh, frustration and anger and uh, go to Cal and, and make sure that doesn't happen again. That's the only way you look at this game. It's our, our worst this year uh, and in 82 games. Those are going to happen. It's happened to every team, uh, I'm sure, this year. We just got to understand that we got to be better, go out there next game and, and show it. Thank you, Claude. Thanks, Claude. Okay, thanks guys. Thanks.
All right, Scott Johnson work in the Montreal dressing room tonight. The Canadians slip to 9-6-3 on the season. The Oilers bump their record up to 9-8-1 with a 6-2 victory. Connor McDavid, three assists. Leon Dreisaitl, a goal and two assists. Benning, Kajula, Russell, Nurse also scoring for Edmonton tonight. Both uh, power plays were 0-3 tonight, Rob. Montreal came into this game with the 29th power play in the NHL, just 13.6%, so that'll drop a little bit. Edmonton's in the middle of the pack. They were 14th. They'll dip below 20% tonight. Uh, the, the PK for Edmonton has not overall had a good season. They've had some good individual games. thought they were pretty good tonight, killing off penalties. And I know it was discussed a lot last year when both Oilers special teams were uh, near the bottom of the league. The penalty kill got a little better at the end, but I know you and Bob often discussed it. It's It's you want them to be at least average, but it's a little easier to survive a bad power play than a bad penalty kill. It is. because Neither one's could, preferable. It, well, yeah, you, you prefer to have both that are they're middle of the pack or better. Um, uh, penalty killing, those type of goals, if, if you get scored on on a penalty kill, it hurts, and in your, your, your team, your bench will deflate. If you don't score on a power play, you can gain momentum on a power play. You can have a good power play that doesn't score. There's not, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's not a mood killer, like a, a goal against. So yeah, you'd rather your your penalty killing be better. I thought that the Montreal Canadiens, you can see why their power play isn't strong. They don't move it well, very well around the ice. They try a lot of fancy plays. They, they try to beat guys one-on-one. You can't do that when you have the power play. Take advantage of the fact that you have the man advantage. I think all aspects of the Oilers game tonight was very good. Uh, from top to their power play, moved the puck. They had a ton of really good chances. Niemi was at his best when he was penalty killing. That was the only... I thought Niemi was just average tonight. Made great saves. But I thought there was two or three goals that he should have had. What did you think of uh, Chase Odd and Gallagher, their little exchange that's just over four minutes left in the game? I would have really liked if the ref would have called it the way it should have been. I think that Chase Song could have had six slashing penalties. Gallagher <laughs> could have had six cross-check penalties. I mean, he gave them about six... Let them have six... Yeah, I was surprised that he let it go on that long at that point especially in the game. Especially in the game meant nothing. Yeah. And that's why he, he gave them the four minutes to get them out of the game. Let's yeah, look how much yeah. time's left. That's so many minors. So, I, you're right. It should have been called a lot earlier than that. I mean, Gallagher jumped when he tried to throw a hit to start it on chase on. Then in came Larson, and then it just carried on from there. And they went from one side of the ice to the other. Usually refs, knowing the score in the game, knowing the situation, would have got that done a lot quicker. But he did eventually make the right choice. All right, 6-2 Oilers over the Canadians tonight. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Robert to the show. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Well, well so I want to talk about... The uh, McDavid and Leon playing together. I thought they, I, I thought those two looked uh, looked uh, really good tonight. As you guys said earlier, Drysaddle probably could have had five or six with all the all the chances he had. Plus he hit the post three times. And also, I thought the the uh, the fourth line was good. Like the like you guys like you guys mentioned, they were they were they were good with the cycle. And my la- my last point would be on Koskinen again. Like you guys said, you know he, he wasn't busy early in the game, but but when he when he needed to make make a save to keep them in it especially that one shorthanded when they're up 3-2 he was there so I mean if you're asking me I would I would start Koskinen against Calgary and then Talbot against Vegas what do you guys think yeah I think we'll see I mean they're probably not going to practice tomorrow uh, Thursday Friday back out there I, I, they probably will split them 
and then the, then they go on the road. And if Koskinen keeps doing well, maybe he gets the, the bulk of the road games when they go to California. It's, it's an interesting situation for the Oilers because Koskinen has played better than any other second goalie in quite a while. Now, he's also now reached a career high in appearances in the NHL because he's now been in six games. He was only in four for the Islanders, so we still don't really know how he's going to go over the course of a whole season, but, you know, they, they didn't feel comfortable. I don't think anybody felt comfortable with him playing early in the season, given his preseason. Talbot played the first eight games, and I think he de- deserves a lot of credit for them going, you know, 4-1-1 one, and one after they started 0-2. And then since that point, Koskinen has outplayed Talbot. They're going to need both guys. I know we get a lot of criticism for Talbot. I don't think he's all of a sudden a guy you throw on the scrap heap. I think they'll need both goalies, and maybe it's a case where, okay, if this guy's better in this 10-game segment, maybe he's going to get seven starts. Maybe it's a different the other guy in the next 10 games. Well, I don't think they'll look that far ahead. I think that... What I'm just talking yes. just overall yeah. as you roll along. So the way, the way it's going to be is whoever's playing better... This week, and they're both going to play. Whoever plays better will get the game Tuesday. I think it's in San Jose. And if that goalie plays well in San Jose, I think he'll probably get the next game. They're going to go game by game. And it's just like any other player on their team. If it's who's who's plays well as a right winger, who's playing well as a center, who's in your first pairing on defense, who's in your second pairing, you got to go with what gives you the best chance of winning a hockey game. And what we've seen over the last little while, Koskin has given them a better chance of winning, and that's why... You know, he's the the others are going to look to see which game is better for Koskinen this weekend, and then they'll go from there into next week to decide who's going to play on the start of the road trip. Yeah, I'm really had uh, glad to hear from Alex tonight. He's a loyal listener, and he texts me every few weeks with an update on Eric Carlson's beard <laughs> in San Jose because he said in the summer his number one concern was would Carlson try to match. Thornton and Burns and some of the big beards in San Jose over the last couple of years. He goes, uh, Oilers look fantastic today. What a turnaround performance. Nice to see the up-tempo from the loss on Sunday. So he will, he will get he'll get back to a more formal beard update on non-Oiler game days. I was, I was excited. I thought we were getting an update. I watched some of that <laughs> game tonight. He, he doesn't have much of a beard, Carlson. No, he hasn't really let it go. go I'm nuts. Not Maybe he should. Maybe he should. Maybe he's, it would he's help. He's had a poor, poor start in San Jose. Last I saw, he's like minus 11 in 17 games with uh, very few points. It's going to take him a while to get his game back. But when the San Jose Sharks get Carlson at his best, they're going to be a very good hockey club. Interesting game for them tonight. They were up 3-0 on the Predators after the first period. It's now 3-3 going to the third. Philip Forsberg with a couple of goals, now 12 on the season. So 3-3 Predators and Sharks as we look at the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. The Maple Leafs taking it to the Kings. It is 5-1 after two periods. The Devils beat the Penguins 4-2. A couple of goals for Taylor Hall, now five on the season. Islanders knock off the Canucks 5-2. Panthers edge the Flyers 2-1. The Sabres beat Tampa Bay 2-1, only the fifth regulation loss of the season for the Lightning. The Red Wings are up to 8-8-2 on the season. 6-1 pounding of the Coyotes. Capitals beat the Wild 5-2. And of course here in Edmonton, it's the uh, Oilers over the Canadians 6-2. So the Oilers get up to 9-8-1 on the season. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Blair standing by. Blair, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing well. Right on, man. Um, I was just gonna. I was just asking. Uh, well, 
What a great game tonight, and I was just wondering, can we keep this going? Boys, I'm asking you. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I, I think it's a confidence booster. Uh, when, when you play a game and everybody has a good night, everyone goes home feeling well. There's games where, you know, the goalie stands on his head, you didn't play well, but you got to win that way. There's a game that, you know, you're on the back of Connor McDavid. You, your line may have struggled, but Connor was good enough to win the game for you. Well, this is a game where everyone played well. And going into this weekend, they, they got a little confidence. They feel good about themselves. They're happy coming to the rink for the next couple of days. So, yeah, I... The Oilers are, even when they were losing on this little streak, you know, the one game against Colorado was awful, but the other three games, they were a couple breaks away from maybe a different outcome in those hockey games. So I think that the in the National Hockey League right now, there's great parity. You need some breaks, you need some bounces to go your way, and you need to come out with an, your A effort and work ethic. And I, I think the, the Oilers, for the most part this year, the work ethic has been there. And I don't see why they can't go into this weekend without, without having the belief that they can come away with four points. Obviously, it's not going to be easy. But right now, the way that things work tonight, everyone's going to go home happy and come to the rink tomorrow happy. 6-2 Edmonton wins over Montreal. Drake Kajula gets his sixth of the season. His remarks courtesy of GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. I don't know. I, I just tried to get it on net, and um, I was staring at the goalie, and all of a sudden the crowd reacted, so that's the only reason why I knew it went in. But um, it was just one of those ones where I just tried to get it on net as quick as possible, and it found a, found a small hole. Thanks. Yeah. I just want to ask you the importance of, of winning this game when you have three-day break before Saturday, I guess, and going into this break on a winning note as opposed to losing note. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know losing losing sucks, and anytime you got to sit there with uh, with that thought in your mind for I guess three days before our next game, it it definitely lingers, and the environment can be a little bit down and slower around the arena. So um, especially after being on a little bit of a four-game skid, there it's it's nice to come out uh, with a victory here, heading into this little short break we got. And um, you know the the spirits will be definitely higher, confidence will be higher, and, and guys will definitely just you know have a more uplifted. Uh, and uplifted uh, mentality around the rink. So the win, this win is, is definitely huge for us, not only to get us off the skid, but uh, heading into this three-day break is definitely big for us. When it comes to being able to put together an effort like this, like you guys have been doing, you did that for a little while, so then you have it. But it, does it just show you the, 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 that you have that potential in this room to kind of put games together like this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not going to win every game in this league. Um, you know, even the best teams uh, will lose two or three in a row throughout the season at some point. Um, obviously, the, the the best teams in the league find ways to, to minimize those and, and make those streaks a lot uh, less often than normal. But um, you know, we we can see that we can play this way. We can be one of those top teams and, and find ways to you know put good wins together and, and add stretches of wins together instead of uh, you know going one here, one there, and stuff like that. So it's it's definitely a big win for us, and uh, hopefully we can build off it heading into the next one. All right, Brendan Escott working the Oilers dressing room tonight. That is Drake Kajula. He was able to squeak one home this evening early in the uh, third period. That'll actually register as the as the game-winning goal, Rob. His sixth of the season from Chason and Benning. Chason getting his first assist of the season. Oddly enough, Matt Benning had a helper. He had a goal and an assist tonight. And th that was the one I, I mentioned. You, know, you mentioned Niemi made some pretty good saves. Uh, I, I thought that was the one where, because I don't think Kajula 
really got a lot on the shot. I think he was just trying to keep the play alive, and all of a sudden it's in. Well, Kajula had to go up top to, to bring it down, and when he put it down on the ice, it bounced. So as he swung, the puck was bouncing up, so he probably hit, you know, one-third of the pucks. was kind of spinning, but that has to be saved. If you're going to win hockey games, that has to be saved. It was good on him getting the puck to the net. It goes in, fortunate bounce for the Oilers. The other one I didn't like, Nugent Hopkins goal. That's another one the Emmy has to have. So you're Leon Dreisettle tonight thinking, I could have had five goals. He comes up with these incredible saves on me, and then he lets these other flub shots go in. Uh, I think the, the positive on that with Leon Dreisettle, if he gets that many chances again, they are going to go in. So we didn't waste any tonight. We didn't need a 9-2 victory. 6-2 is good and save a couple for Saturday in Calgary. All right. More post-game reaction from both dressing rooms, more of your phone calls and texts as we roll along. It's 10:22. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers win it over the Habs. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 6:30 chat. Dry subtle dishes off. McDavid cuts in the middle. Back to Nurse. Shoots and scores. 6-2. And Darnell. That is the punctuation mark on tonight's game. Darnell Nurse scoring with a minute 56 left. Edmonton 6, Montreal 2. Nurse is second of the season. Back down to the Oilers room. Here's number 25. Offensively, to put six up as a group, what does that do for you? you think? Yeah, it's it's good for the confidence. I think uh, you know, for us, we gotta you know, go back. We'll, we'll see the game, but see what what contributed that, what what made that uh, what made that happen. And those are gonna be habits that we're gonna need to continue to, to work on. I think, you know, especially for our decor, being able to get pucks to the net, um, and, and either the forwards getting after it, or you know, we uh, found a way to put a few in tonight too. So um, it's gonna be important. Like I said, those those habits that uh, that gave us the reasons and gave us the goals tonight. Uh, it's going to be important for us to maintain. Such a long break before Saturday. How big was this win to kind of go into this three or four, three days, I guess? Just yeah, yeah, that's one of those ones you're going to have to think about for three three days. So, um, and that uh, you never want to you never want to leave the rink on a sour note uh, and have to think about the bad game for three days. So it's it's good for us to come out and get a good team win, one that we definitely wanted and uh, probably needed at this point. So it's uh, it's good uh, it's a good way to leave the rink to getting that contributions from the back end. And obviously, it looks like it kind of started with one and then went from there. But that's that's obviously big as well. Yeah, it's it's important. Obviously, uh, you don't want to always have to leave it up to your forwards to produce everything. And over the course of the season, there's going to be games where uh, you need your DS step up too, and uh, you know we found found ways to get pucks in the net. That is Darnell Nurse gets the goal tonight, plus two, 19-17 of ice time. Every Oiler had at least one shot on goal tonight. Other stats here, uh, Ryan Strom goes 80%, 8 for 10 in the face-off circle. Brodziak goes 63%, Dreisaitl uh, 61%. I mentioned the Oilers had a good game in the circle, 59% on draws. They uh, outshot the Canadians 43-29, and they win the game 6-2. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, we're live in Studio 99. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063, and we have Dallin standing by. Hi, Dallin. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Very well. So I just want to say I think everyone's been uh, thinking for a couple games now that McDavid and Drysaddle would probably end up on the same line. Um, but uh, Eugene Hopkins, I think, is a lot. He forgot about quite a bit. And I just want to say whether he puts up points or not, 
I think he's a vital part of the Oilers. Like this guy a year ago was, hey, trade him. Just like Everly and Hall. And to me, it's, you got to keep him around. Like what else do we have? If you put Drake Dreisaitl with McDavid, right? Like it's, to me, it's set in stone. He's got he's to stick around for what we have and what we want to be. Well, I think I, I think he will, and and I, I think you make a good point. He's you know I mean he gets points. He, he hadn't scored for eight games coming into tonight, but he's still been picking up assists. And, and Rob, obviously, we've talked a lot about his game in all zones of the ice has been very strong for the most part for Edmonton this year. He's a guy that can do everything. He plays on your power play. He he plays in your penalty killing. He's a guy you put out last minute of the period because you feel safe. He can play a wing. He can play center. Uh, he's a very good two-way hockey player. The problem for for the Oilers, anyone that's centering a second line, they just don't have the the horses on the wing to allow them to be huge offensive players. We've seen Leon play the second line. We've seen Nuge do it. It just when you put Connor McDavid with one of those two, there's a big drop off for whoever's centering the second line. Tonight it was Leon who had his opportunity with with Connor, and it went very well. And I would expect that those two will be going together in, in the next game. But I don't think RNH is going anywhere. I, I, I know that Todd McClellan, all you have to do is at the end of the night look at the ice time. Todd McClellan knows the importance of Ryan Nugent Hopkins and how in any situation you can feel comfortable with him on the ice. There's a trust factor there. Murray from Brandon texting in. He goes, would you like to see move, uh, Nuge move to the second power play unit? And if so, who would you move up to the first unit in his spot? If you um, wanted to break up that first unit, I don't think I would change it. I think right now I would leave it the same. I, I they they like playing together. I, they've got certain plays that uh, work very well. Nuge is very good going high to the blue line, waiting for the puck to come back and come in and throw it on net. Uh, I I don't know if the the Oilers have anyone on their second unit that's capable of moving up and being successful. The Oilers' second power play unit is not strong right now. It's not creating a whole lot. The, the first unit is getting the bulk of the time. They're usually out there for about a minute 20 before they are changing. So, no, I, I think that they made the one chance they wanted to on the first unit, moving Ratty onto it. I think he's looked good there. Um, but as you go forward, things change, and some players will start playing better, and some players will start to slow down, and you just readjust. All right, the Oilers win at 6-2 over the Canadians. We'll finish the play with Dean. When we get back, you'll also hear from Max Domi, who got his 10th goal of the season tonight. He only had nine all of last year. We're live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Tucked down the middle of the ice hole and Benning got beat. Here's Lekin and shorthanded denied. What a save made by Miko Koskinen. Big one there by Koskinen. His save of the game for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca. Koskinen winds up with 27 stops. He is now 4-1 and one on the season. The Oilers beat the Montreal Canadiens 6-2. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in Studio 99. Pleased to be joined by Sportsnet's John Shannon. John, great to see you, man. How are you doing? Always a pleasure to be here, Reed. You roll in with, you know, with a 44-goal scorer, Robbie Brown. 
49. Don't forget the other five. Don't forget those five. He wasn't counting the ones. Oh, that was your number 44. That's sorry. There you go. Okay. He wasn't counting the ones Mario banked in off you when you weren't looking. Hey, those still count. They still count. They still count. Robbie Brown. There would have been more than just five, too. You know, we we consider him another BC boy, just for the record. We consider him a BC boy. I'm a BC boy, too. Well, absolutely. He was a defenseman when he played in BC at first. I was a back-checking defenseman. Hold on. <laughs> so you you see more games than we do. We see obviously the Oilers games all the time. But your biggest surprises and biggest disappointments this year, team-wise. Well, biggest surprise until tonight would have been the Montreal Canadiens, and they really did fall flat tonight. Um, but. I still think that they have been uh, such an improvement over what we all expected out of Montreal this year. And uh, in many ways, what they did, they finally embraced their size. And when you think of guys like Andrew Shaw and Brendan Gallagher and Max Domi and Paul Byron when he's in the lineup, uh, they're, they're a fun team to watch. You know, and uh, if Kerry can be uh, get back on his game, I expect him to play in Calgary and in Vancouver on, on this trip. Uh, then Montreal will uh, not embarrass themselves for the rest of the season. Uh, that's, I think that's an important part for, for Montreal. Disappointments, I think it's pretty simple. It, you know, when Los Angeles goes and signs Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, they're getting bombed tonight by the Maple Leafs. Uh, you know, there was a lot of expectation there that they were supposed to be, you know, the best team or, or they were going to challenge San Jose for the division. And the, the people in management there truly believed they had a good team. Uh, I think that when you look how deep they are, their core group is still good, but they're not very fast, and their secondary guys have been huge disappointments. The, the, the Kovalchuk signing, when I saw that signing, I'm like, I don't get it. That much money for a guy that's been out of the, the league that long, and in Russia he was good. Yep. He wasn't great. No. Nope. That's a lot of money to give a guy who's on the tail end of a career that hasn't been in the, in the NHL for a number of years. Yeah, except, I mean, the one thing I would say is that he can still shoot the puck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, he leads the team in scoring. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, so I don't know how... It, he's He hasn't been the problem there. Um, you know, they still have same, the same issues that they had last year between goaltender injuries. I mean, I was reading... Cal Peterson, actually, is, is now in goal tonight. Uh, so, I mean, the amount of goaltenders they've run through in the last two or three years because of Jonathan Quick's inability to stay healthy is is tremendous um but you know what their core is i mean andre kopitar as great a player is he's not very fast nope uh, you know dustin brown i mean two years ago everybody was talking about they're going to trade him but they can't get rid of the contract now he's gosh we can't wait for dustin brown to get back he's so good so it, it, it's they they truly have been the biggest disappointment willie desjardins got himself into a Pandora's box of issues there. And you mentioned what's going on tonight. About 13 minutes left. It's 5-1 for, for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. I mean, you, you you travel around a lot, but you, you live in, in Toronto. Uh, I try not to tell people in Alberta I live in Toronto. Okay. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with it. There's I, nothing wrong with it. I tell my friends in the West I, I live in exile. How's that? <laughs> you live in exile. <laughs> and, well, you grew up in Western Canada. I so, did. so you have that going for you. You know, the, obviously they, they come out flying out of the gates. Uh, they've had to deal with the Matthews injury, a couple games where they weren't able to score, but it's working for them tonight. Give me a, just a sense of what it's like around that team. The the expectation and the hopes for the fan base must be as as high as, as, as maybe they've ever been. Well, I tell you what. So this is, this is my 42nd year being around the National Hockey League. 
Um, you started when you were four. That's really cool. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was the puck boy. Um, what I would say is I have never, prior to the Matthews injury, I have never, ever seen the hype by a single city for one team in one sport in my life. And I know it drives every other Canadian market nuts because Toronto's the biggest market and all they want to talk about, and we joke about it, we call it Big Blue. They want to talk about the Maple Leafs all the time, but it just, it comes out of the concrete. I mean, you can't help talking about it. You you walk down the street, you go to your neighborhood Starbucks and that's all people... That's all people want to talk about is is how good the Leafs are and, and Matthews and Marner and, and Nylander, when's he coming? And, uh, you know, Freddie Anderson and Mike Babcock, coach of the year. I mean, it, it there was no there has been no greater hype in my time. Even, I mean, I, I was here through the glory days in Edmonton. There was no hype like the hype that we've seen in Toronto this year and, and, and until until the Matthews injury and there's been a few bumps in the road. But you've got to give the, the players and the coaching staff credit because the one thing that we've seen over the last number of years, there's Canadian teams that have good seasons when there's very little expected of them. Yep. But when the expectation is there, those teams falter. It's hard playing in a Canadian city. It's hard playing in a Canadian market when there's expectations. Because now when it's a bad stretch, when you have a couple games, you slow down, the media, it's, it's all over you. The fans, the social media, everything. So all of a sudden, the team starts to falter. But Toronto, despite the injuries despite the the holdout they are meeting and exceeding even the expectations that many people had i'm not sure they're exceeding right now uh i think that there are people that are disappointed you know they they went a five game streak at home where they uh didn't score a goal in the first or second period uh they, they you know they lost three games in a row at home including one to pittsburgh that you know sid made them look very ordinary uh and there there are still some there are still some issues with the Maple Leafs, uh, and in, in in so many ways, if they get to the first round of the playoffs, and they're going to, they're probably going to play either Boston or Tampa right. in the first round. They could easily lose in the first yeah. round, and where so where where was all this for? Yeah. What was this all about? And and particularly if you look at what happened last Saturday night in Boston where the Bruins were coming off an awful loss to Vancouver on the Thursday night, and they come in and just toy with the Maple Leafs. So from that perspective, uh, there's, there's, there is a ton more expectation in Toronto. You're right, Rob, but they're not near as patient as they once were. John Shannon from Sportsnet joining us here in Studio 99. The Oilers have snapped their four-game losing streak with a 6-2 win over the Canadians. One more for you, John. Obviously, one of the biggest stories this year is what happened in Chicago. Joel Quenville was fired. What does your gut tell you? Is he behind an NHL bench at some point this season? I don't know why he would, and I don't know why he should. Um, you know, I, I, I remember uh, I've had a couple of friends who were coaches in the NHL that got fired, and I, I remember phoning them and saying, hey, listen, just take the rest of the year off. Don't be stupid. You're getting paid anyway. Just relax. You know, enjoy yourself. You know, get into the broadcast industry and have some fun. Um, I hired one of them. And, uh, and so Joel doesn't need the money. Uh, he's got a great family. He's, you know, he's got $5 million more million on his contract this season and six more next. You know, he's going to be in huge demand next summer when there are coaching changes, the inevitable coaching changes that occur. I think he's better just staying away. And I think, I, I truly believe that 
in the end right now for him it's a relief that he's done in Chicago because it's been painful for two and a half years and he's going to enjoy himself and then and recharge the batteries and come back next year. Well, he's going to get the pick where he wants to go. I think so. Yes. And, and I think that that, I mean, rather than, rather than wait for or, or take the first job, you know, that's, you know, not everybody's going to have what happened to Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah. And we went right. from Washington to Anaheim in 48 hours. That's not going to happen very often. But Joel, Joel needs to, you know, if, if things were as bad as they were, Joel does need to step, take a step back, enjoy life, enjoy his family, and then come back refreshed next year. John, we always enjoy having you on. We'll have to get, we'll have to get a headset with your name stenciled into it because I know you'll be back. Reed, I will tell you, this show is much better without Stoffer. <laughs> I'll make sure I tell him that. No, no, he's. Don't worry, he's he's listening. And when I get over to my phone, he will have texted me and told me something. So it's great to see you. Thanks for stopping by. That's John Shannon from Sportsnet. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. The Oilers pull away from the Habs. It's a 6-2 win. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brew overtime open line live oilers hockey is brought to you by austin auction this is the canadian brew house overtime open line on oilers radio 630 agostino traps the puck right corner lecking it beaten to it by chris russell edmonton has won five of the seven one goal games it's played this year new Hopkins glides in shoots and scores assist of the year. The Nuge getting his fourth of the season. That was five and a half minutes into the third period. The Oilers would score thrice in the third to beat the Montreal Canadiens 6-2. The Habs' first goal tonight, his 10th of the year. He's on a seven-game point streak, was sniped by Max Domi. His post-game comments for BDO, first call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Um, you know what, I think uh, as a whole, we just we got to be better. Um, we know we can be better. Um, working on it in practice and, and you know we're, we're doing good jobs in practice it's just a matter of translating to a game so um, a five-man unit out there you can't give up that many chances against a team like that they're they're gonna make you pay and that's what happened tonight so um, that being said I think Nemo was unbelievable tonight we left him I mean kind of hanging out to dry there and, and he stood on his head so we got to give him all the credit in the world but uh, we got to be a lot better what can you do better in front of him just got to close a lot quicker on pucks and uh, I mean box out in front of the net um, I mean Obviously, understand where your guy is, and uh, when you do get the puck, you, you got to make a got to make a play. We were struggling with with making, I mean, not the first pass, but then the second pass to get out of the zone. It was uh, turning a lot of pucks over, and that can't happen. At the same time, we can't make mistake when McDavid and Drysaitel on are on the same lane. I mean, it must be like very hard pressure. It doesn't matter who you're out there against. You can't make mistakes like that. David, sort of the guy who's on the straw that stirs the drink with them, just what do you think of him tonight and their overall performance? Why, why were they so hard to shut down? You know, we can talk about everyone else all we want, but we just weren't good enough, so um, we'll leave it at that and we'll be better. Scott Johnson working the Canadians' dressing room, Max Domi. You mentioned he got his 10th of the season. He's been quite a story for, for Montreal. That Galchenyuk trade had some people wondering, okay, how's this going to work out? Well, Domi's, uh, Domi's grabbed at nine goals last year, nine goals the year before. Granted, he didn't play a full season the year before, already 10 this year, and uh, the leading shooter for Montreal. Yeah, yeah, the goal he scored was just a goal scorer's goal. He came down, didn't have a whole lot to shoot at, found a, found a corner over the glove of Koskinen. Uh, 
he he is the guy that stirs the the Montreal Canadiens drink. He, he every time he's got the puck on a stick, he creates things. He gets gets involved. We saw earlier in preseason getting involved physically with Ekblad of Florida. So uh, he is a, a great addition for the Montreal Canadiens and has probably lived up to the billing and, and the trade for Montreal. And that seems right now is is to be a trade that Montreal has won. All right, so the Oilers get this one 6-2 tonight. If you've missed some of the highlights, three assists for McDavid, a goal and two assists for Dreisaitl. They were reunited on the same line. The Oilers' defense comes through with some goals. Benning gets his first of the year. Russell gets his first of the season. And uh, Nurse gets his second of the year. That came late in the third period. Three goals from the defense after they had three combined. And one guy's not on the team anymore because Bouchard's back down playing for London. Oddly enough, Clefbaum has still not scored. Yeah, that, that would have thought he would probably would have been the first one to well, score. Well, and there the one caller earlier called maybe he should shoot more on the power play. Uh, the Oilers, if, if they're going to have success, they're going to need contributions from their back end. And tonight you saw it. And, and they weren't on rushes. These were all three plays were on... Uh, either broken plays or, or cycle plays in the offensive zone, getting open. Uh, the key is getting pucks on net or just slightly right of the net as Benning's just missed the net by about a foot. But uh, creating havoc by putting pucks on net with bodies in front, and the others were much better at that tonight. Toby Reeder didn't finish the game. Head coach Todd McClellan says it's an upper body injury. He'll be evaluated tomorrow. The Oilers will not practice tomorrow. They'll be back on the ice on Thursday, so we should get more on rear when they're back at it on Thursday. San Jose has just scored. This one has been an interesting one in San Jose. The Sharks were up 3-0. The Predators came back with four straight and now a tying goal by Pavelski. So it's 4-4 with 6.55 left in the third. The other game still in progress. We referenced it earlier. Maple Leafs all over the Kings. 5-1 Toronto with five minutes left. All right, Rob. Oilers back in the win column. 9-8-1 on the season. We'll see you Saturday night when they visit Calgary. You always love the Calgary Flame. Edmonton and other matchups. 6.30 face-off show on Saturday. The puck will drop at 8. All the action here on 6.30. Chet, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. We'll have our weekly appearance with Kelly Rudy. Get more on the Oilers victory on 630Ched.com. Thanks to Troy Bowler. He's our engineer here at Rogers Place. And thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 630Ched. Edmonton 6, Montreal 2. We've been live from Studio 99. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. Canadian Brewhouse, overtime open line. Thanks a lot for listening. Oh, and the Sharks just score again. They go up 5-4, 6.42 left. Have a great night.